Welcome to the Live, Hunt, and Company podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about elk, and in particular, how we as Eastern hunters got started in elk hunting, as well as our adventures going west. So grab a coffee and pull up a chair and join us for conversation, stories, and we hope you get a laugh. Enjoy the show. your cue jab so that's my cue i guess so, jeremy's sitting there staring at me put me on the spot <clears throat> now we're gonna sit around kick it talk about uh how we got into the whole elk thing uh my whole deal with it elk hunting something i always wanted to do since i was a little kid man i mean i have always just been super interested in it when they when they turned elk loose in kentucky i lost my mind Started sending in for the uh, for the uh, elk lottery. Been doing it every year for how many years? They've been doing it probably twenty years. And I always kept thinking that I'd eventually draw a tag. 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 Then I was at a uh, an outdoor expo, and I went to the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources booth, and uh, I was talking to one of the biologists, and uh, I was asking her about it, and she said, "Have you ever uh, ran your draw odds in Kentucky?" And I was like, well, "No." She's like you know you'll probably never draw a tag in your entire life. And I was like, what? And she's like, you have a way less than 0% chance of ever drawing a tag in Kentucky in your entire life. And she ripped my soul out and stomped on it right there in yeah. the floor of the of the uh, outdoor expo I was at. So after that, I kind of would always, if somebody I knew drew a tag or if somebody uh, – any, any contact I had with anybody that drew a tag, I'd go with them. So I've tagged along on a lot of, not a lot, but several elk hunts in Kentucky. I've seen a lot of elk get get shot. Just never been lucky enough to draw the tag here. So that's kind of how I got interested in <clears throat> elk hunting itself. But then going out west, that's a whole other story, man. Going out west was something to me that was always like a dream. It was like unattainable, unreachable. It was like something that was just out there. It's like if you ever win the lottery, I was thinking I'll, you know, hire an outfitter, maybe go someday. So that was my view on that. And uh, a few years ago, I I got hurt at work, and uh, I've actually got three herniated discs. So, uh, I mean, my back was – I was li- – Basically paralyzed. I was home in the floor. I had to crawl on my hands and knees to the bathroom. No kidding. I mean, I was in bad shape. And I was like that for days and days and days. Just couldn't even walk. Uh, And I was flipping through YouTube, just watching hunting stuff, because I was just immobilized. And uh, I saw the the first season of uh, Born and Raised, Land of the Free, their first project. And... uh, I I binge watched the entire thing, and when I got done, I told my wife, I said, if I'm ever able to walk again, which was doubtful at that time, if I'm able to walk next year, I'm doing that. So uh, turns out I got better with my back, and uh, as soon as I got to where I was better and realized I was going to go on a sale hunt, I uh, started exercising, working out, which in turn helped my back, duh. So that was a great benefit. My back actually, I I lost 20 pounds, started walking four or five miles every day, uh, 
I usually work out every morning before work now. Been doing that for two or three years, however many years. So elk hunting did that for me right off the bat. And uh, that first trip out west, I was going to, I was actually going to go alone because uh, I was like, I watched that series. And I was like, I'm going. I don't care if anybody goes or not. I am going 100%. So I, I got me some gear together. I was going to go and uh, a friend of ours, Mike, if you see here on the channel with us sometimes, he's done some elk hunts, turkey hunts with us, that kind of stuff. Uh, I was telling him about it, and he's like, "You're," he's like, "You're going by yourself." He's like, "You're insane." I was like, "I may be, but I'm going, one hundred percent." So he's like, "Dude, you can't go by yourself. I'll just go with you." So he he got in some gear together, and he and I went, man, and. Uh, I did as much online research as I could do. Had no clue what I was getting into. Devoured every podcast I could get my ears on and uh, started diving into some of the Western State websites, digging into the stats and picked me a unit with absolutely no help. I didn't have anybody I could call, nobody I knew, nobody I even ran with that ever even been out there. So I just I picked my own unit so I had had some bulls harvested out of it, so I knew they were there somewhere. And me and Mike loaded up, drove out there, got her teeth kicked in for a day or two. <laughs> but uh, we hunted for about 10 days, and uh, after a few days, kind of got her legs under us, kind of got used to the shock of living like a homeless person. And uh, lo and behold, man, we got on some bugling bulls towards the end of the trip, I got dang close to uh, getting a shot at one one morning and uh, got close to having some opportunities at some cows because that was an over-the-counter either sex tax. You could take a cow on it. But uh, we uh, I, before the trip, I told Mike, I said, if we see an elk or hear a bugle on this trip, I'm going to call it a success. And we we actually saw elk, heard bugles, chased bugles, so it was a 100% success. And as soon as we got home, I was like, we was driving out the road of this unit we was in, we hitting the gravel road, getting back towards town. I was tearing up, ready to come back. I mean, yeah. and then for a year after that, no, that's all I was totally consumed with it. It was just how to get back, how to, how to do it again. Yeah. So that's uh, kind of where I'm at with it. I just... Yeah, and that's about the same time that I guess pretty much all of us, for the most part, got to know you. R right when you were going on your first trip, I, that was right when I was getting into guiding in Kentucky, and I did that for a year, and so I was getting the elk bug. I it's just funny how God kind of works. Mm -hmm. All the, like you, you know, in your your testimony video earlier this week, you posted on Instagram like all the little details you don't think about the sun. I had just watched the Land of the Free Project as well, getting the elk bug for Kentucky. You, of course, you put in and you don't get drawn, so it's just like, hey, if I, I can pay 150 bucks and get my guide license and take people and get to experience it and make a little extra cash on the side, so well, I did a, that. That's exactly what I was talking about. I, if there's several people, man. Randall, my brother-in-law, he and I, man, we've been on a ton of elk hunts with guys. Yeah. Some, some people we don't even know. We would just tag along help them pack it out, you know, watch them shoot it, obviously, then help them pack it out. Just any way to get any experience elk hunting, we just, whatever it took, we just do it. Yeah. 
And so that same, you and I actually shared an elk hunt in Kentucky with uh, one of the guys we went. I right. believe it was that same year. Uh, no, that was second year. Was it the second year? Because I only got it one year. Oh, but, okay, yeah, that I th- was. Uh, I think that it, was after I'd already been out west. Yeah, you'd so. been out west and you'd yeah. come back. It was it was during the the winter months that yeah, year. Right. I think it may have been December. I'm, I'm not sure. Anyway, so that of course sparked our relationship. We started deer hunting a little bit that year together. Um, started turkey hunting at the same time. Um, Brian and was also kind of getting in. Like we were all kind of in that that group. Uh, about a year that well, the summer following is when. Dan, you we we all met honestly through church, right? Yeah. I yep. think that's kind of the the one thing we we all have as far as what brought us together was we were all doing life together and kind of knew each other's you know friends of friends of friends. And before you know it, at Sea Hope Church, you know, of course, um, Clay being there and us knowing different people, eventually we all wound up there at that church. John, you've you've been at that church for. Since it's like started yeah, or whatever, but five years, <laughs> seventy-two years. Yeah, I think Come I January. actually met you at uh, at small group is where I first yes. met you at. Yes, yeah. so I, yeah, I went to small group with Clay for about two years before we made the switch to the church, and then uh, and it, so all of us have have gotten to know one another and met each other through church and through obviously our love of hunting. <clears throat> it's funny how all of us kind of brought with us almost it's a little bit not quite the same story obviously but we all started catching this elk bug and just and honestly like you said i remember uh run i didn't know brian from adam but uh ran into him outside one time i think we were in the foyer talking and uh some i don't know why we brought it up we were talking about elk hunting He's like, man, I'd like to do that someday. I said, well, I'm going back next year if you want to go <laughs> load up in the truck. And or that something. was it. That's the crazy. <laughs> that's the crazy thing though, because this man took on himself. I'm going elk hunting one day by himself, and two yeah. and then like the very next year, boom, you guys, you guys, and then like Justin. Yeah, it, it started. It's literally started a movement, and for yeah. me, it's it, whether it's elk or whatever. It's about just like you said. It's about putting action behind chasing a dream yeah it's not just sitting at the house talking about it it's even if we make mistakes even if we don't see an elk if we do everything wrong by georgie we got the, the stuff together and we we did it we, we stinking we went we didn't try it well and the thing about elk hunting too is uh just like i was saying i had this dream i thought if i ever won the lottery or something you know one day i'd hire an outfitter and do whatever that is the exact wrong way to look at elk hunting elk hunting is so hard especially out west that you need to go whether you've got a chance of killing one or not because what you just by doing it you get so much experience on that first trip or two that it it just catapults you to another level because if your first elk hunt ever in your life would be like a big high pressure limited entry once in a lifetime tag you yeah. would be literally screwed. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be literally screwed. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have a clue what you were doing. That's so the best thing to do is just take every opportunity you can get to get out there just to get some kind of experience at backpacking or car camping, whatever you however you're gonna do it. Yeah. You know. Honestly, just learning what to take with you and how to pack your backpack. Like takes <laughs> yeah. like it takes that sen- it seems so simple, <clears throat> but it takes like a year to like get your system and what you what works for you down 
It's, mm-hmm. it's been a chance. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing it without like having you guys who done it oh. last year. There's no way. I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, so. I mean, the barrier to entry for elk hunting is all that stuff. Everybody just gets, you know, overwhelmed with all the minutiae, yeah. all the details of it. But but after that first trip, man, yeah. it just, it's like, it's like me and uh, Aaron was just talking, it's like the scales fall off your eyes or something. You're like, it just opens up a whole new world to you. I mean, you just think, I can do this. I can yeah. make it. You realize what you what you took last year is stuff that you really don't need. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and some stuff that you need to upgrade, um, like Jeremy's boots. And that's something <laughs> I'll say that a, a lot of people say, just go, just go, forget gear, just hunt. I, this may be controversial, but I think like anything else, we spend mo- whatever is a priority for you, you're going to spend money at whatever your hobbies are. If you're a golfer, you're going to have the best golf clubs. If you, you know, play video games, you're going to have the best games, whatever the case is. It, for us, getting out there, I, I, there it, you're going to have to spend a little bit of money, I think, to, to go and to be somewhat comfortable and to be um, – and you don't have to have the absolute best of the best, but, like, you, you need a, a solid – I took a pair of boots out there that's thing and fell apart in two days. Like, you need a good pair of boots. you got to have a pack. Um, you, you don't want to wear cotton, <laughs> you know, it's so like, you're going to have to invest, but like you said, it over the course of a year, if you save, you know, I think like Justin says it best, like for two years straight, like every birthday, a- anniversary, Christmas, yeah. like, Hey, I want to, I, I want this pack or I want this pair of boots or I want, uh, you know, a new, new piece of clothing or, or whatever have you, you don't have to have everything like i'm not saying be a complete gear junkie or anything but but if you if you i'll say it (laughs) yeah like being out there and being miserable with my boots like i went straight and bought a pair of crispies which is you know a a retail price 400 pair of boots which is that's a pretty good pretty good price for a pair of shoes but when when you're in two foot of snow and your feet's cold and wet like it makes you want to so anyway i don't want to get off like we can talk about gear maybe later but uh but it is a the thing about it is if you want to do anything like this, if you want to chase a dream, chase a passion, get out there, you, you have to one make up your mind, like you said, we're we're going. I am going one way or the other. And it does cost some stuff. You're gonna to have to invest in some things and make plans. It takes work. It takes commitment. It takes financially, it takes some money getting into. But once you get everything once you get the foundation. Like all of us now sitting here, we are officially to the point where we pretty much have everything you need, and it takes a little bit of time. And it's honestly taken me, or you'd be like me and Aaron, the course of like what three months. Yeah, (laughs) some people buy it all all in a couple months, and then and then other times maybe maybe it does take you three four years to to piece everything together, and that's okay. That's the miracles that we're all still married. I know it. It really really (laughs) is is a miracle. We got really good wives out there. We love you so much. Well, that's that's too. Like I know that you don't. You don't want to tell anybody to go buy the best of the best. like. But I also feel like if you go buy the cheapest of the cheapest and you go, and what you could get by with, yeah. if you get by with some cheap boots and some cheaper clothes and a cheaper pack and a cheaper tent and cheaper bag. But once you get out there, I feel like you're going to be miserable because you bought that cheaper stuff, which is going to deter you from going in the future. That's, what, yeah. that's the way I looked at it. That's I was like, good. I mean, I could save a little bit. But yeah. is it going to be worth it when we're day four up there and something happens like that? And yeah. you're like, should have, you know, and you look at this thing, this that, yeah, because Kentucky, you you yeah. tried to save $50 yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be up there and have it that way, I wouldn't think. 
So, no. and in the grand scheme of things, like when you start piecing it out, yeah, it, it, you you get a pretty good list together. But you have your clothes, including your boots. You have a pack. You have your sleep system, and you have your eating system. And of course, there's multiple pieces within those. But it's once you got it, you got it. You're good to go. And then it's awesome because you throw a stinking backpack on and you go and you can live. Like you can survive out of that thing, and like you don't need nothing. It's pretty incredible. Like you told me. I mean, how much did you spend this year compared to last year? Oh, you know, virtually you, nothing. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. you, you got six hundred and seventy dollars in a tag, and if you need to do some food, I mean, yeah. more but, but likely your food is all you're going to have to buy. Right. But gear wise, yeah, I didn't have to buy nothing. You might upgrade a few things, yeah. but very little. Yeah, but. I upgraded a couple of things, but that's just because of my first year experience yeah. knowing what what was good last year and what was bad last year so as far as gear wise once you get it you got it and you don't you don't have to buy yeah. that anymore so hopefully if you if it lasts you take care of it that's going to last <clears throat> you for years down the road and see that's the thing too like which everybody that's in colorado last year knows what a epic stinking snowstorm hit i mean just like Jeremy was talking about a minute ago, they say buy tags, not gear. Listen, if you didn't have decent gear in Colorado last year and you were in the high country where we were in that area, we got 28 inches of snow, temperatures fell 62 degrees in one day. Yeah. One day. It's 14 degrees you, that first night. I could I could see 14. that being, that could have been a life-threatening situation if you'd not had some decent stuff with you, all right? Just I'm sure. I, I mean, you could build a fire or whatever. Yeah, you, know, you you'd probably made it, but it's still potentially life threatening. Justin yeah. and I had numb toes for two weeks after we returned. Yeah, I think said, Justin said his just like three months ago came back. I think <laughs> he, <laughs> said, he, he said he just now got feeling back a few and, months ago. And all I know is, um, still to this day, Alan Bray is one of the toughest men <laughs> yeah, that, that I know. That needs to be a special guest. That, that, that <laughs> has to be a special guest Episode on the three, podcast. Alan yeah. Bray. How, how he made it through That's that. Nuts. Well, the thing is, year. I tried to give him like some good base layers because being a duck hunter, we, base layers has always been important to me just because you don't have to put so much stuff on top of it. Have yeah. warm base layers, you can just kind of. And I tried to give him those before we left. He's like, "No, it's supposed to be 50, 60 degrees. I don't yeah. need them." I was like, so, yeah. so we thought. All right, yeah. So if you can vision <laughs> this, not one. We're in the back country, twenty-eight inches of snow, fourteen degrees. Alan Bray has on, and I'm not exaggerating, a pair of the like slip-on morale. Uh, Mer- or Merrill, Merrill uh, hiking like shoes. hiking shoe boots, like t- like complete mesh. He does not. <laughs> Pr- I promise you. See, I didn't know this. I thought, he I has a pair pants. of of um like camo pants. Thin. No base layer. Thin camo pants. He has a fifty degree sleeping bag. <laughs> which which keep in mind that fifty degrees is to keep you alive. That's, that's not, that's comfortable. not a comfort rating. That's like the temperature that you can survive. It at. was fourteen <laughs> degrees, and listen to the guy. If you if you're listening to this and you're the guy that made the comment on ninety percent, like about you know, you know, oh, you guys don't know what suffering is. Let me tell you something. That man in fourteen degrees slept for three days, three nights. Didn't complain once. We didn't even know he didn't have base. I had on base layers, two pairs of corrugate guide pants from First Slot. I had my my merino shirt. I had the Klamath hoodie, my down hoodie or zip up coat over that in a twenty degree bag, and I almost I felt like I was gonna die. 
And he's over here. I said, Alan, how did you make it? He's like, well, I prayed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him at the end of the trip, I said, what if you come back, what do you think you'd do different? And he said, I believe if I come back next year, I'll bring some long underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and the bad thing was, is I, I had. Like, Dude, we ever one had extra long underwear. I had an extra part of the truck. That's the thing, isn't yeah. that? That was when we were like literally loading up the truck to come home. And I, I just, when I found out he didn't even have long underwear the whole trip. And even after all that, you ask him right now if he'd do it again, he'd say, oh, yeah, I'm going back next year. Oh, yeah. yeah. What was truly crazy. phenomenal about that, uh, is is you got to see from my perspective going out the first few days i got to see a father honestly it was it was you you brave bray boys are just top of the line guys i mean your your character you're just great people and and you have wonderful parents that brought you up and you can see i mean here's this man going to colorado like didn't have a tag or anything just to be with his boy it gives me chills, dude. Yeah, just to be, just to be with his boy, Elk hunting. Like, no, like at one point his knee, like we could tell, is in bad yeah. shape. Like we prayed over it like yeah. there on the mountain, um, but not one complaint. Him just, you know, just trucking along, dude. Just like, just so he could be with his son. I mean, that's incre- That's in, that's a memory that those two will never forget. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like a a, a, a small piece of you know that trip. The, the the extreme the suffering of it is what allows for such like I don't I can't even put it, it's like these deep rooted emotions and feelings and it provides like a, a canvas for all these things to happen. Whereas if you didn't have it, these lessons you learn you couldn't learn them any other way other than by doing something like that. If that makes sense. Yep. So let's let's go around real quick, just to so the viewers know kind of where we at as far, in terms of experience. So John Andrews, the veteran of the group, he's three years in as far this. Well, this will be his third year going out west. Right. He's done a lot of elk hunting, like I said, here in Kentucky, different things. Um, myself, it is my it'll be my second year going west. Um, with one year guiding in Kentucky. Yeah, with one year guiding in Kentucky. And then let's just go around and, and share your experience. So next up, I guess, would be Brian. Yeah, so, uh, of course, growing up in uh, southeastern Kentucky, uh, where I'm from, you know, we seen – I see elk all the time. Uh, I'd be going deer hunting, and it would be nothing to see a herd of 40-something elk. And uh, I was actually fortunate enough to get drawn for the oh, – yeah, wow. yeah, for the Kentucky elk. Yeah, for the Kentucky elk lottery, Yeah. I got a cow archery tag years ago. Um, I was actually in college. Um, It was my busiest year of college. I was working two jobs. So I was working uh, seven days a week, and I had 18 uh, hours of college classes, which is six college classes. So it was the most unfortunate time that anybody could have got drawn for an elk hunt. Um, So working seven days a week, working two jobs, uh, going to school, I managed to carve out only one weekend. I only got to hunt one weekend of the elk archery season. And uh, a buddy of mine, we went up. He he worked up on uh, on a job where he was consistently seeing the elk. Uh, so we actually, uh, just uh, kind of a long story short, we, we did a spot and stock on an elk that we had spotted um, a long way off. And uh, when we got up to the elk, um, I drew, I drew back and, and stood up cause I knew that's where the elk was bedded at. Um, and it was not a cow, it was a bull. 
So I was like 30 yards from a bull drew back. Was it a big bull? No, it was a, it was a four before. It was a, it was a decent bull. It was a four before. Um, but that's where my elk hunting career started, and that was basically it. You know what I mean? That's uh, and then uh, of course last year we went um, we went to Colorado last year, so basically two years is, yeah. is what I've got. And then the rest of you boys, this is our first year. It's our, yeah, it's my first year in Colorado. I I put in for the elk draw every year, but I'm the unfortunate. Yeah, like, like most of us. Like, like most of us, yeah. Now, this is my first year Colorado, but now I'm like, Brian, I got Drew about four years ago. I got a rifle bull tag. Well, well, well. So I've got him on the wall right now. Praise <laughs> Yeah. Well. But now it was kind of like one of us too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it's going to be a different experience, I'm sure, because uh, I remember, like you said, I got I was at a basketball game. Some guys texted me and said, hey, man, you got Drew. He texted me like, no way. Because, <laughs> I mean, you think the odds are, like you said. So I never thought it's about like it. Point zero and, zero and, and, I, and I hate. I don't know how long you've been putting in. It's probably was my fourth year putting in. Probably just got into it. So he was I like, "Yeah, missed, you got I it." I never missed a year. So however many, <laughs> so, twenty years. So I mean, just random odds. And then I had people after I got drawn, like, "Who you know? Who you know? You you talked to somebody, and they really they were serious." <clears throat> but anyways, me and Jacob Vaughn, we uh, we did it all ourselves. And then we ended up doing a wall tent. We scouted every weekend. My wife hated me for like two months. <laughs> every weekend I was gone scouting. And, uh, you know, you get caught into, and you guys that got it know this, we got, even with him, we got kind of into that riding the four-wheeler trails and just looking. And the night we camped out before the opening day, his dad came over and stayed with us, and he was like, get your butts up in them woods, get you a pack, and don't you come out of them woods until dark. It wasn't an hour later, we had a bull down. And it was a pretty neat deal because we'd went up there, we went up there in the woods, and we went in there 30 minutes. First thing we saw was a doe, whatever. Then I, we're walking a trail and I'm behind him and uh, he wanted to herd bull because he had some buddies and he'd and he done this. Jacob's done this. I had never done it. And uh, we're walking along. I look up there about 60, 75 yards. There's a bull. No, I said, ain't no bull. <laughs> ain't no way. <laughs> That's a bull. I said, Jacob, there's a bull. Where? I said, it's right up there. I said, I'm going to shoot it. He said, how big? I said, it's big enough. I said, here, hit these sticks. That's the right answer. So That's I shot. That's the right answer. <laughs> I shot, well, it's like deer or something. If you don't see one, you know, it could have been, it was a five by five. But to me, yeah. it could have been a six by six with kickers or whatever. It didn't matter. It was just sticking up. So I shot. It stood there. I don't know if I jerked out of excitement or what. It just stood there. So I'm shooting again. So I shot it, and it went straight down. So we gave it like 20 minutes. We get up there, and we're on top of this mountain in Harlan County. And as we're gutting it, I look up, here comes a black bear towards us. Like, I'm like, Jacob, there's a black bear. He's like, once again, where? <laughs> I'm like, right over there, coming this way. So we get up and it walks off, but I thought, so that's exciting. So we wait about four hours and we was up on top of the hill. So we drug it down the hill. As we're dragging it down the hill, we go over top of a, a, a copperhead and it's sitting there right beside Kenton's boy, little boy. And I watch him just kind of do like a Dan Gay, stick a stick on it, take its pocket knot, and cut its head off. That's the end of that copperhead. <laughs> I mean, and then long story short, but yeah. But I mean, it was a, uh, but so that was fun. But I tell you what, I look forward on this trip, even without a tag, is just the excitement of being with everybody. But really didn't get to enjoy no bugling or nothing like that. I'm yeah. hoping we get up there and it's like wake up at 4 a.m. or whatever, yeah. you know, you all talked about wanting to do and just screaming their heads off and just yeah. stuff like that. So I really didn't get to experience that part of it. And I, you know, I miss that. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm tickled to death with the elk, but it's but, tough yeah. to get on. It's tough to get on 
bugling bulls out in those over the counter low point units in Colorado, but it's doable. I mean, they're there. Yeah. yeah. What well, we got in Kentucky? Sixteen thousand elk. Something that's, like that. That's probably real high. They, that's that's. I think. I mean, that's what they say. Yeah. It's probably a high number. Uh, Colorado's got two hundred and fifty thousand elk. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to draw back on one, right? Yeah, I actually, last year, actually got to draw back on. Well, I, I guess I drew back on two elk in my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> so I drew back on the one um, when I first got drawn for Kentucky. And then last year during our Colorado trip, uh, Justin and I were, were hunting. And Justin literally, and this is how crazy it is and just how quick it can happen. Justin made a cow call and then followed up with a calf call. And we heard a stick break. And like we knew, like just from talking. To, to people when listening to podcasts, if you hear a stick break, more than likely it's an elk. Yeah. It, it ain't it yeah. ain't it ain't a fox squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> so so I immediately drew, and as I was drawing, a cow crossed in front of our path at about fifteen yards, and and went behind a big tree and some thick brush. Um, but anyways, I, I didn't get a good shot, good clean shot at it, so I didn't shoot. But he won't shoot nothing. Won't shoot. <laughs> he just won't shoot him. Just won't shoot. <laughs> but it's a it's a good experience. I mean, I, we we our first trip, I considered that a success because we we were on bugling bulls and yeah. we got drew back on a cow. So I mean, that's first DIY uh, over the counter trip to Colorado. I considered that a success. Heck yeah, it is and a I, success. You yeah. know, I, I know nothing honestly about. Elk hunting, like I said, the extent I had was I had a friend, Brad, who drew a cow tag in Kentucky, so I obviously tagged alone, um, and we wrote, we drove side-by-side side everywhere. You know? yeah. yeah. We didn't we didn't walk. We drove side-by-side. Side. We uh, Honestly, we was in shooting range of three or four different bulls. Um, I got I got within 20 yards of like a big, like five-by-five five or six-by-six, six, I don't know. Uh, had a spike bull pretty much try to gouge me, run it out of me. I've got a video of that. I need to show you that. It literally, I'm within like, I could reach out and touch it with an arrow. It wow. almost runs me over. I was just sitting in one of his trails. It's pretty crazy. But anyways, that's that's all the extent I have. I, I know nothing about elk hunting. I've been trying to watch YouTube and all that, but I'm just going to follow my old buddy here. <laughs> I was going to say, you got <laughs> my old buddy, Jack. man to follow. I mean, I guess. Like, a, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, it's like the, the beauty of, of YouTube and, and how John Andrew got started with watching the born and raised guys and, and just kind of what they've done. And their whole thing is, you know, everybody can do this. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, you know, anybody that wants to and and has the, the will to do it, they can do it. And that's exactly what he did. And, and then after his trip, we got to watching the same thing, the born and raised. And, and it gets you, it, I mean, it oh literally God. gets you so jacked up. Like you just want to run through a wall. Yeah, that's what that's what I, which I have no experience either. I've just got to enjoy it through you guys going last year, and then you know hearing hearing of John Andrews stories. But that's the first thing Justin told me. He tried to get me to go last year, but I, I wasn't able to. But first thing he told me to do is like go watch Born and Raised, uh, Land of the Free, and he knew what he was doing when he told me that. Yeah. But as it, soon as I watched that series, I was like, man, I am going. Yeah. That is something right there that I've never, and that's too. Uh, I've got a bad fear of missing out. Like I, I don't want to miss out on another experience like There's that. There's no like, way. I want to yeah. be on the rest of them. You yeah, know? I'll have to find a new church if I miss another year. <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll drop you guys a second if I. No, but just uh, the 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 cool thing about it is you just know what that what they named that project is Land of the Free, and you know the whole public land um thing is you know it's it's public land and anybody can hunt it and that's and that's exactly what we're doing so it's, it's pretty all, it's honestly pretty good of those guys too and it, it's almost like 
<clears throat> us being out here, we were kind of like ignorant to the fact that you could really go do it. And yep. then through them, they were bold enough and brave enough to be like, hey, guys, anybody, you guys out east, you can do this. Yeah. Like yeah. You, and, and so it's just like you said, John, like, hey, we can do this. And then, you it's know, possible. from there, you just make a decision to go. But um, even well, it's if, kind of getting loved to death, though. But yeah. All the Western dudes, all the, all the, the residents out there, I know if any, which they probably won't ever listen to this podcast, but <laughs> I know they despise us Eastern guys coming out there. But golly, man, that's, that's what a crazy way to look at things. Puts you on the other foot. What if all the what if all the elk in the country were on the east side of the Mississippi? Yeah, you know they'd be right out here. <laughs> they'd that's be the out same here. Way, yeah. So yeah. that's a that's just the wrong way to look at it. And Eastern guys, man, we've all grown up uh, deer hunting, sitting in tree stands, and man, that's it's fun to a degree. But it does not scratch your adventure itch like a backpack elk hunt does. There's just yeah. no there's no comparison. And to me, most guys, man, I, I speak for myself, my whole lifestyle, I've always been like an adrenaline junkie. Like, if it's dangerous or sketchy or whatever, then I'm just attracted to it like a mouth to a flame. So you talk about backpacking into a place that could possibly kill you, then Sign me dang up. right you know I'm going, <laughs> man. It's just the way we're wired, so... Yeah, and what I, I think what's really interesting about uh, I'm bragging on you guys, our group that we have is in Eastern Kentucky. This is not everybody, but when it comes to deer hunting, it brings out the absolute worst in people it in terms does. of it selfishness and lying. Like, I mean, and and not want like like if you if if I were to kill a deer for example that's on this farm and the neighbor had pictures of it too it's like oh that was my deer and they're mad at you and they're and they're literally mad at you over that right. yeah. and and what the beauty that I found is like with you like for example you two having me out to deer hunt and turkey hunt your place and not and and, and literally like last year Dan had pictures of a giant giant buck and I, I genuinely believe if I had killed that deer, he would have hated yourself. <laughs> he would have hated myself. <laughs> he would he would have been he would have been maybe not as tickled, but he would have been tickled to death for me. I'd have been pretty happy. You know what I mean? And so like it's it's you're just a selfish group of guys who like the whole elk trip. It just points to that. Like everyone wants everyone to succeed. We are a team. Like we're all in this together. And I think that's a message. Honestly, for I mean, as, as hunters, uh, and people in this, you know, in this common, um, avenue, whether you're a Western guy or an Eastern guy, gal, whatever, um, we're on the same team. You know, we should, we should want eat. Like I, I want, I want you guys to have the same experiences that I do. I want my kids to have the same experiences I do just because, you know, we're having to be born in Kentucky, you know, um, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be neglected. The, the for, We live in a free country, you know, we can, we can go west and we can hunt and we can share those experiences too. And I know there's, you know, it's, it's very romanticized and it's becoming more popular and there's more pressure. And for those guys that grew up out there, I can, I can see their perspective. I honestly do. I, but. I mean, I, I can see where they're coming from too. It's, I, I mean, golly, last year, man, you, we were in, we ran into people everywhere. Yeah. 2100 well, we, we at saw, base camp. We saw elk. We, golly, we got on 
bugling bulls still. I mean, yeah. it just is what it is. You're definitely going to run into people. That's just, you know oh, what I mean? That's part of it. Yeah. <clears throat> but everyone, you know, and that's the, in the prayer that they pray on Land of the Free. Um, in th- that first episode, they say, God, give us, um, however they word it, if we run into someone today, help us to love them. Help us to be kind to them. Help us to be courteous. Be courteous to them. Like, we're all in this for each other. You know, the very fact that we're recording a podcast right now and putting in the effort to make videos and things, honestly, it's just to, like I said, one, capture the memories and stuff for ourselves and, you know, share stories. But it's also to to try to encourage, you know, if there's a if there's a teenager out there right now that's listening to this or watching one of our videos, it's like, hey, I want to go, I want to go do what those guys do. Like, that's, that's awesome, man, just to inspire, to encourage people and, and that's what the the born and raised guys, hushing guys, hunting public guys, like that, you know, the, the main dudes in the in the YouTube hunting world. Those, I mean, they've inspired me. They're the, the very reason, yeah. one of the very reasons that I I do a lot of stuff I do because they instilled in me, and they're like, hey, this is possible. You can film your hunts, you can you can record a podcast, yeah. You can go west. You can you can travel to Georgia and hunt turkeys, yeah. You know, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, if you'd have told me last or two years ago, I'd be traveling to three different states to try to kill a turkey honestly you're crazy yeah yeah here we are but that's just what we were talking about it's chasing an adventure and an experience and that kind of stuff just to me that's what it's all about i'll tell you about jeremy he will run over an absolute bluff after a long beard in the middle of nowhere in georgia praise god you know the the the, the unique thing about it all too is you know it's not just there's far more that goes into it than just you know, and elk going west and elk hunting. You know, it's like you basically for a whole year, just like John Andrew said, you go, you hunt. As soon as you leave, the day that you leave, start your preparation for the next year. Like it literally, there's that much thought and that much um, planning that goes into it. Yeah. Because there's just, you know, it's 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 complicated, really. I mean, if you want to be successful, it's not just something that you can say, I'm just going to go. Right. You know, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of hours that's put into e-scouting, um, being fit, you know, just being in in, uh, in shape to to go out there and, and, uh, and survive. Um, it literally takes it, – it's a mental thing, too. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be not just physically, but you have to be mentally prepared for it. Be stupid. <laughs> you know, you know, now, you don't have to be Cameron Haynes to go do it. No, no. Just like we were talking about with the gear, it, it just makes it a little more enjoyable if you don't think you're dying the whole time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I say this too: it gives you something. It gives you something to work for too. Yes. So, yeah, like, I, I I would find myself before like I ever started getting into this elk hunting, I didn't really you know have a plan or a goal. But like every, like if we, you know, this is something we're going to do every year, you have something that you're working towards. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about it is, you know, there's so much that goes into it, but it's fun. Um, It's work, but it's also fun because it's, um, there's a lot of planning and preparation, but you have to, you have to be dedicated to it. Yeah. It, it's so interesting how just the, the activity of elk hunting and chasing that trip every year, how everything else in life starts to like, it's almost like when, you know, you hear it say, like when God's at the center, everything else falls into place. Um, and it's, it's interesting, like having, 
what we do, like this elk hunt, for example, or whatever, through it and through our our connection with church, keeping keeping God at the center of things. And that's one of our goals, right? Like straight up here on this podcast, like if that's one of our priorities, it's one of our kind of a cornerstone stone, so to speak. Like it's really important in all of our lives personally, our relationship with God and what He's done in our lives. So that's you know you'll hear us talk about that. And if that's not your cup of tea, I you know I'm sorry uh, that you know, but but it's just important to us. So anyway, but like like you said, going elk hunting one. Physically, you're you, you want to be physically fit. You, it's the reason we're getting up at five thirty in the mornings and going and you know walking on a treadmill or, or you know working out in an attic at your boss's work or or whatever. And it's and it also so then when that it. starts to fall in line, it's like, well, what other areas of life can I work on discipline? Whether it's maybe it's my relationship with my wife. And honestly, like like especially the past few months when I'm at home, um. I'm thinking to myself, you know, here I am. I'm going to be going away from my family for for ten days. Like it makes you appreciate, especially when you're there and coming back. It makes you appreciate your family, your wife, your kids, your friendships, all those things. It it straightens your perspective to where the main thing becomes the main thing. Like out there, it's nothing. It's you're sitting in God's lap for ten days, and He's just like stripping away everything that doesn't matter in life and he's putting your priorities in straight and when you come back home you're able to bring back to the table you know all these things that you learned and you like i said you want to work on your relationships with your friends your brothers you want to work in a relationship as a as a husband as a as a father as a father of christ as you you know serving others all these areas of life it's like that you start to you start to tweak them and, and all of a sudden your things that don't matter fall away and the things that do, it's like you're in, you're being intentional about working on all those areas, and that's powerful. Oh yeah, it's extremely powerful. I think you know bringing up a point, what you just touched on too is, you know, we joke about it a lot, but man, like we like we've got some awesome wives. Like our our, our spouses are are honestly special because to put up with us and all the buying and spending and. The bugling, the elk bugling up up, up top, yeah, in, in yeah. the in upstairs, you know, and us being gone for as long as we are, you know, it really does. They they uh, they sacrifice. They do for us wanting to do chase our dreams and and do what we want to do and hang out with our friends and um, you know, it's a big sacrifice for them as well. Yeah. So if you've learned a couple things today, you've learned. If you've got a good wife, you can go out west. <laughs> and if you've got a lot of money, you can go out now. <laughs> Just feel like me and Mary and Mary and nurse, She's travel nursing, you know. If you need something, Dan will buy it for you. Seriously, but you know, like you just mentioned, the gear and the money. I mean, there's so many places on Facebook. I know Aaron's done this too. Yeah, I mean, there's people selling stuff all the time. Yeah, for pretty good discounted yeah. price. Half of my clothes came from Facebook. Yeah. groups well here's the thing the more you make the more you spend and here and and it's just like if you're good with your finances and you're a responsible person i don't care what you make yeah. you can afford if you do it little by little over a year's time you can afford the gear to go out i was just you like what you're saying justin literally for like three years he put it as a point that uh, to 2020 i want to take my first backcountry elk trip yeah and he prepped for those years did he Good did thing. he ever like go to the Appalachian Trail or do anything with that stuff? I couldn't imagine getting that stuff piece by piece just sitting oh, yeah, there looking I'm sure at it. For, he did. Yeah. Okay, he, yeah, he put it to use. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he did go hiking. Like, he I was like, could you imagine that stuff three years in advance just sitting there like, cannot wait. Oh, it would have killed me. I, I've packed and unpacked my, 
my pack like 12 times in the last week. I yeah, like he I went with to... me on one, one elk hunt in Kentucky. Yeah. No, but that's a good point. I would, all of us guys, I don't know if we've, I don't know if I've ever paid like full retail price for something. We're all the time looking for sales or discounts or whatever. I know? always did before I met you. Yeah. Then I met you and I don't pay retail no, for anything. Wife, that's what I told my wife. Yeah. I said, look, listen, honey, if something goes wrong and ain't for me or whatever, I can get my money back out of this stuff. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? I mean, whether you're, whether you're buying used or, or whatever, and there's all kinds of programs like, you know, being first responder or working for the government or being a guide, like there's all kinds of programs you can get into um, to save you a little bit of money. But, but yeah, anyway, so elk hunting is – I don't know, it's become a huge deal in our lives, and it's yeah. uh, it's 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 at the precipice. Precipice is that a, is that the right word? I'm not sure. I don't know, but I, I want know. you to find because that word for me. Right, that now. word scared me a <laughs> little bit. Know, I'm not gonna I, lie. I it anyway, sounds cool. It's at the forefront uh, because we're leaving in T minus how many days? Like Ten days. So, is it? so precipice means the forefront. I, uh, Ten. Google it. Week from Wednesday. Somebody's, <laughs> somebody's got their it's phone. Like the Google. age. The precipice. Week from Wednesday. I'm gonna yeah, go tell my wife she's the precipice of my life. Yeah, so it'll be nine days. Count the day. Tomorrow will be nine. Days. I mean, I don't know if it takes away from the background, but didn't Justin or you say like there's Verizon coverage out there? Maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah, all over the mountain. Is this que- a that's a good question for Doug? I mean, I'm not. You know, that's I'm not excited. I I, ho- I kind of hope there's not. I know a lot of you guys are like, oh, I get to FaceTime my family stuff, and I understand, but like. Dude, well, I'm a stinking insurance agent. It's all the time people calling, texting, just messaging. Put on a, listen, just put I'm it on putting it on mode. airplane mode. I was going to say, put it on airplane mode. <laughs> but as soon as I take it off airplane mode to call my wife or something, it'll be ding, 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 ding. Honey, I'm going to call you at 3 a.m. Yeah. is a very steep rock face or cliff. <laughs> yeah, that is Especially not for That is not <laughs> Well, like It's kind of like we're at the, we're at the, the base of the Right. Anyway, that was, oh, that's what you was meaning. You guys you, you you you. pick yeah. it up. <laughs> is this a good time? Since we're talking about uh, Verizon, is this a good time to discuss phones? First of all, yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. I'm, at, uh, I'm with you on this, so we'll just go. Yeah. I'll have your back. Don't. Jesse. I'm just telling you. No. I've, got a, I've got a new iPhone 12, and what I do, if I see like a, something I want to take a pretty picture of, I go in my notes and I sketch it. <laughs> <laughs> I sketch a picture I mean, your last one was epic. It, it like, kind of reminded me a lot like Dan. use the camera. I'll tell you what. All you have to do is YouTube. What the iPhone 12 can do in terms of making uh, movies. That's well, all I'm going to say. Just here, YouTube it. Here's where we're at. Just YouTube Here's where we're at. Everybody has iPhone, right? Everybody, except, except, for me. except one for guy. And his name's Brian Napier. He's sitting to my left. Um, and I'm completely all right with that. Well, well, you are, but we have green text because of you. We do. And like any that's, time, the, that's the only I can't even complaint like a I message. ever get. Is, well, if I like a message, it repeats the whole text. You're not listening to me. When I like a message, it repeats the whole text. This is how quickly the phone the phone has been a ongoing argument for about three months <laughs> this now. This is more a glimpse into I'm not going to get a Samsung right now. He's got, <laughs> he's got, he's got me in a big bunch of trouble with that Samsung. He done went and took a picture of me with a rattlesnake I killed, and it looks so fake because of his camera everybody on the internet everybody on the internet right now is going photoshop hey, so fake photoshop like three different uh, three different angles on three different websites of his oh, every, every one of them was taken by my phone yeah he's got it posted like three different times on three different angles were they not okay. taken by your phone okay. let's let's just be real let's be real okay okay and, and, and i'm being completely serious right now serious okay completely serious um, brian's phone it's terrible. Is Sorry, my, go ahead. It, the Brian's phone it truly is amazing. Samsung, it make it's a great. The camera is amazing. Slow motion is amazing. 
the image quality, the pictures. Refresh it's great. rate, according to Re- Refresh that rate, yeah. all those other things that he, he lets us know about. That's great. It really is. It really is. <laughs> and and the iPhone 12, in my opinion. I see it, a big th- butt coming. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> but. No, there's no but. I think that I don't have any. I can't I can't speak too much on the Samsung because I've not, I've not experienced used it myself right. i've been an iphone guy for a long time i think they make wonderful products i know personally having used their iphone and the, the camera in my own stuff and my own film stuff it's really great it's really good i like iphones personally just because of the ecosystem and i've talked about this of it because i have my my phone i don't have service at work so i'm able to text my wife I'm able to, you know, have all my music's linked between my computer and, you know, sharing my video files, my picture files between my phone and my editing programs. It's all seamless. And so for me, it works really great. Um, the, like I said, the biggest, I'm, I'm, I have the FOMO. Yeah. And so when I'm at work, I just, I miss your guys' great text messaging and I'm, I'm a little bitter about it. I'm sorry, Brian. I just want to be able to be involved yeah, in your, your group text. You know, I never thought of that. Even to this day, that, that group of six people, he, you don't get none of that, do you, over there? Nothing. Cool. No, man, see that's so terrible. Terrible. he misses on so much, man. All because you know, to do an Instagram I thought Jeremy group was like the most self control of any human yeah. on the earth. No, it's just We're I'm out not here g- acting goofy in this group text, sending fourteen thousand messages a day, and Jeremy just able to work and ignore us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, no, that's Gab's dream. That's actually not <laughs> it at all. Okay, so, so, so the so the whole time, like I'm always saying that you know Jeremy's one of those guys that lays his phone down and. He doesn't look at it until 11 p.m. Yeah, because that's not it. He never he it's never uh, responds to your text messages or anything. I just I just never figured out until recently that his phone just couldn't receive text messages. Yeah. Here's the thing, well, boys. Here, here, seriously, this, this is, this this is a, I think his phone's look, 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 to his look, Go ahead. I'm I got very passionate about the subject. Okay, go I got ahead. one question. <laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast right now, there's going to be a short. There's going to be this segment where we talk about phones and uh, which could lead into I don't know. Anyway, so. Here's a legitimate question. With Samsung, without service, let's mm. say let's say you and – who do you know that has a Samsung too? Uh, I, mean, <laughs> yes. I, I know a lot of people. Nobody. Nobody. No, 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 no. Now, here's, now, here's, now I'm, being, I'm being serious. It, when, you are, when you have Wi-Fi and no service, can you still text? Yeah, I can text you all with no service. Prove it. See, I can't. Prove See, it. I can't. Yeah. Unless it's another iPhone, and that's that's a fault to iPhone, honestly. Like, if you if you do if you can send a text just through Wi-Fi to anybody, right, without it being an iPhone or Samsung, what? just like I've got Wi-Fi, I can send a text to anybody. Yeah, that's a big that's a big you thing. Hold on a second, yeah, I, I think I'm definitely going to say I, that. I, I I do that. Mate, hold up, mate. iPhones can do that, can't they? When I lived when I lived over in Bullski in the middle of nowhere, yeah, I could text Androids on my phone with just Wi-Fi. Yeah, he, he's asking if Samsung's can do it. He knows iPhone can do it. No, no, I can't. No, he can't he do can't. it. I, I oh, bet you can't. Can. I don't, I don't receive your settings. You've got something off in your settings. Though. Yeah. He's really? saying that he can do Apple yes. to Apple. You're saying you can do it. No, you can do it. I used to do it. Because at work, I don't receive your text yeah. until I get a bar of service. Do you have Wi-Fi calling? Yeah, I think. Let, yeah, I don't know. You, you've got it. I think what, you can. It's probably you something you're saying because I can. Yeah, you've probably got it. So I used to text Brian when I lived. So in this Bullskin whole time I've been Wi-Fi. I've been talking Brian. So that's all. This is my he'll fault. He'll mail Just like you all, I message like between yeah. each other. It's a, it's I can do the Here's the thing. I knew Samsung had to be able to do that. We all love the Lord, right? Look, I've been doing that for like three years now. Like I don't know. Hold on, Brian. Hold on, Brian. We all love the Lord, right? If it's one thing I love, if it's one thing I learned, good. People who love the Lord, 
they have an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come to think about it, you might be the only Christian I know with a Samsung. I, not for long. <laughs> not for long. I'm just, I'm just like teasing. Jesse ain't switching. I am. Aaron actually is contemplating. I really do. I really do. Not switch. I need, I need and will switch. it really be worth it on the day of judgment when you're Absolutely. when you're staring the Lord in the eyes and He says, "Son, did you have an Android? <laughs> what? <laughs> Depart from me." <laughs> That's in the book of Second Opinions. That's yeah. in the book That's of Dan Gay, chapter three, <laughs> verse twelve, brother. That's in the book okay. of Opinions. All right. I'm crazy. I'm anyway. sorry. What kind of song is? In all seriousness, let's get let's get back to Elk. Let's ring it back. Well, either yeah. way, we will all have service on iPhone the mountain. is better, but let's get back to Elk. It's it's August 29th, and over the past, uh, well, like Brian said, over the past year, but really over the past couple months, we have been um, in full blown Elk mode. We've been ordering just all of our gear, like getting all of our food together, getting all the little pieces. I've uh, personally got some new exciting camera equipment i'm excited i'm not taking i'm not getting a tag either this year so jesse and i are going and we are designated camera men and so we're gonna have our cameras i've got a new camera this year new gadgets i'm, I'm excited to use and play with and th- so there's gonna be five shooters two camera men um we're heading out of the evening of uh september the 8th um, John Andrew, you may go a little early, right? Are you thinking about that? I've got clearance from the wife. So, John no, Andrew's John going, Andrew, early. going early. John Andrew's going early. Are you early. wanting to go by yourself? He, yeah, I think he is. Yeah? I, I think he is. I'm going to say, I could get off too, but if you want to go by yourself. It would be, I, I, honestly, I, I would not do it because of the drive, but it would be really nice to have like a little just me time out there for like a day or two. That would be pretty sweet. Well, too, I'm, we're going in a new unit, and uh, one of the sketchy things about all that is the road system. So right. I think it'll be really beneficial to go out at least and drive a couple of those roads and see where we. Yeah. Because we've been on Google Earth and we've talked to the biologists that's in that in that unit, and uh, but still, you don't know until you get eyeballs on it if you can even get to some of the places that you're wanting to get to. Sure, that's, that's the truth. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you're like us and you have. Like I was saying way while ago, we don't have any contacts yeah. or nobody I can call. And so. Other than biologists and like uh, Google Earth, that's <laughs> and, and on so X. That was part of my idea was just to do what you're saying, just to go kind of see where we got a we got two or three hunt plans, two or three drainages we want to go into, but just yeah. just to kind of get eyeballs on it, make sure we can get there, yeah. and then maybe drop you all a pen, let. Meet you block the roads that way nobody else can Aaron, get in. You think you could do that for us? You yeah, go out there with him. No, I'm out. I'll cut on that. Some, I'm gonna. I'm taking a, a steel chainsaw. I'm gonna block a few roads. <laughs> <laughs> Probably put some tacks down. A couple of forest service roads. You know, just you back normal, the just the normal stuff. stuff. <laughs> it's the way we roll. <laughs> <laughs> so John, you bring out the white tail deer. Rip out, a, rip out a couple culverts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we dig cameras. out a few culverts. You know, just normal stuff. So, yeah, we'll probably leave Sunday or Monday, uh, be out there a couple of days. Then Wednesday evening, the rest of the crew are heading out. As soon as uh, everyone gets off work, we'll arrive Thursday evening, um, spend the night together, and then break up into basically two teams as our plan. And then our hunt starts. And from there, it'll, it's kind of up in the air what we're doing. But that's that's essentially the plan. So we've been prepping for that. We've been getting, like Jesse was saying, him and Aaron and um, Dan this year have been – 
piling in the gear, getting all their stuff, which is, I don't, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm a gear junkie. I just I love, I love it. I, I love, love gear. gear. It's just, I mean, we just name it brands and everything. I mean, like, someone's like, oh, you don't need Yeti. You're like, yeah, Yeti. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. You like Yeti, Jeremy? I love Yeti. <laughs> I love Yeti. Uh, so, so, yeah, we've been refining things, meeting together <laughs> often, looking at maps, uh, getting a game plan together. Like Aaron was saying, packing, unpacking my entire office uh, floor is just nothing but food right now scattered out on the floor. So getting all the pieces together, uh, before you know it, we will be departing um, on the trip. So we're, guys, I'm excited. How, how's everybody feeling I'm about it? I'm scared to death. Kind of surreal. I, I feel, mean, it ain't really, I mean, like, I think when we get in that car, it's like, you tell your family's bye and you're on your way. It's yeah. like, Oh it, it really does. It doesn't it, seem it real. Don't seem I real. Tell you what is going to hit me is when we get to that trailhead or that spot where we've got marked as our access for where we're hunting at, and we shut that door behind us, throw that pack on our shoulders. And I'm like, here we go. First step. Yeah. That's when yeah. it hits me. Yeah. Always, yeah. Like, when you slam the truck door behind you and you yeah. get your pack, I'm just walk away from the truck. I know I mean, this. Like, just you know, just going last year, like because I know like how Aaron and, and Jesse and Dan probably feel right now because they're going into it never have never been out there. I, no I know y'all have hunted here before, but going out there last year, I was completely, um, I mean, just oblivious to, to everything. So going going in there this year, I feel a, a whole lot better after one year of experience, um, just knowing a little more about it feels makes me feel a whole lot better. I th- that's something I was going to touch on there a while ago. That the second year, man. The first year is just like figuring out how to run your stuff, you know, figuring out how to use the gear you got, whatever. The second year, man, which we hit the big snowstorm last year, but it really, man, you you really feel like you actually get to hunt more. And you, if you're out there for ten days, realistically, if you're in the mountains for ten days, you're gonna have about three good days of hunting, three or four. The rest of the time, you're just, you know, I don't know. What did you say? Like, what did you say last year? Live. It's uh, it's um, you go out there to hunt, but it's more ninety percent survival, ten percent hunting. <laughs> it's what it seems like. That, that is like, especially but then, but like the second year is way better, and I feel like this year will be, you know, exponentially better I would as far say, as the hunting I would goes, say it's because what, yeah. you're not going to be. Just not post holing through twenty eight inches of snow. Oh, that'll help. I mean, we lost three days of our hunt last year to the probably more than that. Probably more than that. Like there. actually being I feel able like to honestly, hunt. Half of the trip was just just trying to get through that. And I, I've I've tried to look at other parts of the state I, for whatever reason, man. Right there where we were, we got pummeled, man. I mean, that was a flipping snowstorm and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and when we say twenty eight inches of snow, it was a legitimate well, twenty eight inches of snow. I'm six foot two and. I'm I'm kind of a lanky guy, and I was literally going up to my thighs mm-hmm. in snowdrifts. Yep, walking through the tent. Oh yeah, it was like every it's, step was well, up to your knees. Speaking of it, uh, has anybody looked at the weather for this upcoming? It's within. The looks probably. pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. looking it's great. Sixties. <laughs> at but night, then, what's it going to be like? Thirties, forties, forties. That's uh, y'all don't even know that's that's side of them. It's at seven thousand yes. feet, so you drop whatever yeah. that whatever that forecast is at seven thousand feet, you drop those temperatures by. About fifteen degrees. Yeah, you'll be when you ballpark. When you're getting temperatures like we're getting right now here, at ninety degrees every day, it's like oh, no it way. makes you long for it even more. And just out there, there's no humidity either. It's just crisp. 
Oh, it's it's like this microphone the way it sounds in my ears, just yeah. crisp. I would say it's a lot of mental too out there, ain't it? I mean, that's a lot of mental because we go from the, the worst I mean, mental part of it is if you're actually a decent human being and you love your family. I mean, if you're a reprobate and you let's give a rip about your family, and you're able to go out and leave your kids for yeah. two weeks, and that doesn't bother you, then you can handle it. But if you're a normal, loving father and husband, <laughs> decent human, that, that's the that's it the is, hardest yeah. part of the whole thing, man, is being away from your kids. So, that's that's right. Right. Serious yeah, question is: Is there ticks out there? No. No. There's not really. I no. didn't get any on me last year. No, really. No, of course, some, I again, ran into some locals snow, back but... here one time, and uh, I told him in Kentucky, I said, You can't go 15 minutes without getting a tick on you in Kentucky. And he said, Well, you might get one tick on you in 15 years out here. I was like, Well, I'm moving. Well, if, if, if there's ticks out there, they'll find Dan. Yeah, that's that's true. Dan I, has I, had quite I stepped tick in the woods. Yeah, two times in the last two weeks, and I think I got 40 some off of me at Brian's. You get any yesterday or the yes, it, yeah. I was looking at a little piece of property somewhere, and uh, and uh, I just walked up through the woods, and my and my friends like, you get ticks on you. I said, surely not. I mean, wasn't in a field usually, you know. But I come back, I, I saw little baby ticks crawling all over me. Yeah, that was when they're tape. hatching. All those they're, they're making their their final hatches probably, for the year before winter. Probably thirty plus. I mean, my legs are pretty much. I pretty much look like a meth addict. Look I'm sorry if that wasn't appropriate for the podcast. <laughs> but, you know, going back to that, I, I talked to a buddy. He's like, man, what them guys are doing, what y'all are talking about doing, that's hunting. He's like, what we do over here, he's like, you don't compare. And this is somebody just, hurt, you know, like yeah. a tree stand, a blind with a heater in it, yeah. sitting there it, with your iPad or iPhone looking, just like, I hope a deer walks out here. It soon. is true. See, I bust on deer. I, yeah. I, 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 you gotta watch me, man. I'll make you mad if you hang around with me. I'm mad and far right now. I run my mouth <laughs> about stuff, but now I'll, I'll bust on you. I and don't get me wrong. I love deer hunting. I really do. I love watching them. I think they're fascinating. They come in my yard. They're on my farm. I love watching them. I like watching them interact. I like just sitting. My, but golly, man, it just don't scratch that that adventure what? itch, man. That yeah. Just don't, don't do it. Just sitting in a tree stand does not. It don't. It don't it's literally. It's literally like turkey hunting, and you know we. You know, I know you talked about your experience last year with the turkey season, how it really kicked everything off for you, and and that's been my whole outlook for years now. Is like turkey hunting is like the ultimate. Yeah. My ultimate hunting style, and and elk hunting is exactly that, except it's. You know, an animal that weighs 700 pounds more than a turkey and has a little <laughs> yeah. bit of a bigger brain than a turkey. Yeah. They may have small people, brains. And people bust on the... Smart and tags. Some of the... Like, if you mention turkey hunting, comparing it to elk hunting, I know a lot of Western guys, they'll, they'll bust on you, but I've done, I've done both, man. I swear, man. Hunting big eastern turkeys in, in the mountains in Appalachia, I think it's it's I think it's, it's a legit close. hunt, man. I mean, I really do. Well, I'm yeah. not I'm not done it out west, but I'd say that you talk to anybody that's turkey hunted out west. Those turkeys, you know, the Merriams and all that. That's not the east, like you said it. Yeah, that it's ain't not a ma- it's not a mountain eastern turkey. No, no, it's not. Like and you can, say the eastern's the hardest, correct? Yes, the yeah. yes. By far. You get in the mountains and it changes things. I've talked to and buddy. then the numbers. I mean, you like those Merriams out there. You are, like, for example, they like the hunting public. You know, uh, what's his name? They go to I think Nebraska. 
they look in these fields and you're looking at hundreds upon hundreds yeah. of turkeys together in these flocks. Yeah. And that, See, those numbers don't exist here. That's no, no. that's not even in my that's yeah. not even in my experience right there. Yeah. So it it's yeah. And here's here's what's interesting, because like you're saying, I'll I love to deer hunt too. When when you have a mixture of it though, that like we're trying to do, we're trying to elk hunt, we're trying to turkey hunt, we're trying to go through I'm, Remy Warren said this in one of his videos too. Like he's searching for like he 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 doesn't want the easy path. Like he's wanting to work for it. And we're intentionally tr- going out west, going, you know, these these places, we're trying to hunt hard, learn how to be better woodsmen, all this stuff. And and so when you do that, and then also when you turkey hunt, and then when you can go to a deer stand and sit in a tree and be calm and not chase after it, like you you appreciate every hunt all the more by having by doing it all, so to speak. Like if you're just doing one thing, it's like to me, it's easy to get burnt out. Maybe that's just my personality. But like being able to to rough it in Colorado, when I get back come November, I'm going to very much appreciate getting to sit and just watch and be calm versus like the struggle bus of the backcountry. You know that's what I mean? True. That's a good point. It makes you appreciate it. That's more. a real good yes. point. Yeah, it does. I know. I watched the video of Cameron Haynes on his YouTube. And I'm sure you all seen it, but it shows him out like 3 a.m. in the morning running. He leaves, it's like raining. He's like, I had a perfectly comfortable house. It's warm in there, it's nice. But he's like, as far as I can tell, nothing great is done while being comfortable. Yeah. And I thought, you know, it kind of goes along with what you said, you know, that he's looking for that adventure and all that. And them guys, you know, yeah. makes it worthwhile. Yeah. That's going to be my biggest challenge for me personally. If you can, I mean, there's people in here can attest. I literally drove Jeremy to his tree stand. He didn't have to set his feet on the ground. Yeah, literally climb. I'm, I've been a comfort hunter. Yeah, I've been a comfort hunter. I mean, drop people off to stand, climb up, sit there and wait for a deer to walk by. I mean, I've never been not shoot it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I have too. I mean, I got tower blinds built all over my farm, man. Yeah, stands. I mean, I've got blinds set up. I'd pack them little buddy heaters, sit them in there with me. I'd I'd get my t shirts and it. You appreciate that stuff more after you've suffered for a while. I'll go ahead and make everybody mad. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, John. God put deer on the earth to eat. You You go out, you sit in a tree stand, they walk up, you shoot them, and you grill out. They're here to eat. Turkeys and elk are made to hunt. (laughs) You actually have to put feet on the ground and travel and work and yeah. It does not come easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just pour you out of back. Don't be mad at me. Now there, I mean, there's ways to cut corners on all those species of of animals, but like, like I, I love what you said there. If we live in a fast food society, everything's quick and easy. And if you have to wait ten extra minutes at KFC, you're like, what do they have to do? Go kill the chicken, you know? And it's just like we <laughs> we live we live in this mindset of constant. We're we're constantly. It's like the world owes us something. And we want everything quick, and we want it now. And honestly, nothing good comes that way. No. Like, you may have some instant gratification, but, I mean, like, for example, you go and you you get a Big Mac right now at McDonald's. Yeah, it's going to taste great in the moment. Real good, yep. But compare that to us going to John Andrews, getting the smoker out, me unthawing a piece of backstrap, of which... Last fall, I went out with my bow, and I hunted hard. I killed the animal. I gutted it. I skinned it. I I cut everything up myself, processed it myself, and I get that piece of meat. We grill it. 
and we share it together. Which one of those things in the grand scheme of it all? I mean, just the whole experience, you know, of, of, of that backstrap compared to. Go, go ahead. Logan's, Logan's keep us on track back here. Okay. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Backstrap. Keep going. So, so the, Man, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> it's just one of those things, man. It's, it really is true. Like nothing, nothing good comes easy. Nothing of worth any real value. Your most, the biggest lessons in life you learn when, when you have had to go through a struggle. And it's just, I don't know. And if you're me personally, I'm not, I don't just want to settle in life. You know, I constantly want to be growing and we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But I feel like as a group of guys, we all want to hold each other accountable. We're all, you know, riding each other and giving each other a hard time when we're, you know, oversleeping or not making it to the gym or, you know, or whatever, like we're, what? whatever Funny. the case is. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, have you ever heard Damn. any successful person say, yeah, I just woke up and it happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it did it. Yeah. I just got successful get, overnight. Yeah. Hard, good things come through hard work. And that's, you know, like even the, the, the fact that we're sitting here doing this podcast or making these videos, like we're coming up on three years of, you know, just kind of slowly grinding, you know, and putting in work. And it's, of course, it's fun. But at another, you know, extent, you, to to be good at something, there's a, there's a, a gr- there's growth and there's there's pain and there's you know all those 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 things, and it's good in the long run. It's good. In the moment, sometimes it's uncomfortable, but it produces something good. Good place to stop. I think it's a good place to wrap things up. Anything Nine days. Funny? Nine days. Nine days and counting. Nine days. Nine days. We're heading out. Or uh, six days if you're somebody, maybe. Yep. Ooh, that changes you're things. Wow, that's getting you're really like, real. Like 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 a, less than a week. A week from the day, you'll be going to bed tonight, and you'll be like headed west. Or a week from day, you could be actually on the road right now if you leave Sunday evening. Yeah. Or a week from yesterday if you leave Saturday morning, or Friday evening. <laughs> it really, just depends on how you look at. It. I mean, get off work and go. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, I won't. You won't. <laughs> uh, He'll have one on the I ground. John Andrew will have one on the ground before we get there. My wife and, uh, she, I think he asked her when I was leaving. She said uh, something. Uh, he said something about maybe leaving tomorrow. She said, well, he would. If he, if he could, he would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Special thanks uh, to everybody listening and tuning in. Uh, you, you guys can't hear his voice, but Logan over there doing running the sound for us. We appreciate you, buddy. He's a good boy. A of it. This He's is, a real good boy. He is. I mean. I know uh, at one point we went over on the – there's a section of video that's not going to be there. So when you're watching this, it's recording right now. So there's going to be a section where it's blank. I'll put like a cute little slide in there or something. Or picture, <laughs> Probably a picture, picture of, of John Andrew. I'll put a picture of Dan and his rattlesnake. Please. That way you can hate on me too. Um, so we'll throw something in there over top of that section that you miss. Of course, we're learning this. I, we're all pretty new at the podcast game. Um, and so we'll get better at, at these things. But it's fun just to get down, uh, sit down and to talk, to hash things out, share stories. I love all you boys. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you, the listener, for tuning in. Again, like we said on uh, episode number one, if you have any questions whatsoever, comment in. Share one of your stories with us. We love reading comments and replying and you know, getting all that feedback. It really is cool to see that. So anything you want to chime in with, feel free. Any closing remarks from anybody? Is this one on YouTube? Yes.
uh, subscribe, hit the little bell, ding. Yeah, ding. booyah. It really helps, guys. It's, I'm like, telling you. It, here's a statistic. So let me pull it up. There's a reason all them guys do it. Every time you watch a video, phone on there. So so get this. If you're watching, the, if you've made it this far in the video. You are a trooper. You are we a love trooper. You. you are. There's some analytics that are mind-blowing. Um, let me try to find them here. Oh, yeah. It's probably audience. Oh, yeah. So, so here we go. Um, watch time from subscribers. All of our videos... That uh, like every every view that's been viewed so far in our career, six point five percent is from subscribers. Ninety three point five percent are non subscribers. Are you serious? What are y'all doing? So if you're watching this video, it really does help us out, guys. It it's helps free. us. You know, it's for you. Click a button. It really, you know, <laughs> we're trying. You know, we may we may mess up along the way, but you're really helping us out if you do hit that button. So we greatly appreciate you considering that. Please. Pretty please. Just do it. Just do, do it. it. Just do it. Do right. it. You won't. All right. You won't do it. For you're everybody right. here at Live Hunt Company. If you're Company, you won't. <laughs> for everybody here at Live Hunt Company, we love you guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the content, be sure to follow us and leave us a review as it really does help push our channel further along. Also, you can check us out on YouTube, social media platforms, Facebook, and Instagram at Live Hunt Co. Thanks so much again, and we'll see you next time.